Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Bull. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilizing a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth's weekly program on 3CR. Megan Williams is my name and we're coming to you pre-recorded today for our first show after the 3CR station closure. We're living in extraordinary times and we're all doing our bit to flatten the curve and stop the spread of this virus and so we are recording this show via video conference. That means we're recording across multiple countries today, still, of course, broadcasting from 3CR on the Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nations. I'm coming to you from the Boon Wurrung lands and one of our guests as far as Gunditjmara country. I would like to pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi, Megan. It's good to be virtually with you. Uh, this is Phil Evans joining Megan today at a safe social distance to host Dirt Radio. Pretty um, exciting to be on the radio and to feel like we're reaching out and being part of the community um, whilst also maintaining our safe social distances. So now it wouldn't be a current affairs show today without some sort of talk about COVID-19. It's making all the news, um, but we are first and foremost a community organisation at Friends of the Earth, and we know that a lot of people are doing it tough out there. So we'll try and put a bit of um, positive spin on what's going on and talk about uh, the issues as it relates to the context of COVID-19. So we'll be talking about how social movements survive, social distancing and measures. Last week, uh, we saw that Daniel Andrews' government announced that it was lifting the moratorium or the temporary ban on onshore conventional gas exploration. This came as the announcement that fracking, the ban on fracking that uh, I'm sure listeners remember, will also be enshrined in the constitution. So this announcement um, that would usually see our supporters flock to parliament in some sort of snap action to express their outrage about that onshore gas ban being scrapped, um, of course that couldn't happen. So we'll be chatting to Jamila Rushton, who is not only Friends of the Earth's fundraising coordinator, but who's also been working with Protect the West, a community group opposing gas exploration. And also joining us today is Pat Simons of the Yes to Renewables Collective for a general discussion about what building community through this crisis might look like, how mutual aid is blossoming, and what we can do to stick together through this. That's all coming up after this community service announcement. Community radio is your antidote to social isolation. Stay connected and listen to 3CR. 855 AM, 3CR digital and streaming and podcasting online at 3cr.org.au. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR with Megan and Phil. Joining us um, all via video link for safe social distancing is Jamila Rushton, who is Friends of the Earth fundraising coordinator and part of Protect the West, a community group opposing gas. And also Pat Simons, Friends of the Earth's Yes to Renewables coordinator. Um, and he's joining us to unpack some of the tensions of COVID-19 and how we work as a community organisation. Thanks both for joining us. So listeners, of course, will be 
remember the epic campaign that led to fracking being banned in Victoria. So about three and a half years ago, we saw a ban on fracking. Um, that was announced last week that it will be enshrined in the constitution. And just as well, that was also part of that announcement was that the onshore moratorium on gas mining um, was lifted as well. So that means that farmlands now are back at risk of gas mining. Of course, fracking is out of the question, but other conventional gas mining techniques are now on the table, putting that uncertainty back into farmlands and back into the way that will damage the environment through fugitive emissions from gas mining. Megan. Now, Jamila, you're based out in Warrnambool in Western Victoria, where uh, the community group Protect the West has been campaigning against gas exploration on their land. Can you tell us a bit about the decision to lift the gas moratorium? Sure. Um, well, the moratorium, um, as listeners might be familiar with, was due to um, potentially expire at the end of June. So, um, yeah, in the last 18 months or so, our community groups have been getting together and, yeah, kind of getting the band back together, so to speak, around... Um, that campaign which saw the, the fracking ban, um, yeah, kind of one in Victoria um, to, yeah, to campaign and to stand up against gas exploration and to extend that moratorium. So communities were calling for another five years to be added to the moratorium. So that's Protect the West and other Southwest community groups, um, as well as um, folks in Gippsland, um, also where, um, in, yeah, who are, now, who are now facing this possibility of um, industrialised landscapes and gas mining um, through farmland and in communities. Yeah, so it has sort of been crunch time for the campaign, but the announcement certainly did come as a surprise, uh, particularly, as you mentioned, Phil, in the wake of, yeah, a state of emergency being declared the day, um, the day before. Um, yeah, people have been, have been shocked and are still kind of adjusting to this announcement, but are... Uh, yeah, not taking it lying down. I think that there will still be a lot of resistance and, um, yeah, the, the, the community is as much um, in opposition around climate issues as well as um, around the impacts to land and water. Um, it's, it seems to me that, yeah, those, those two things can't really be separated anymore. We now know that, um, yeah, every bit of... Um, the ecosystem is so important and interconnected and the, the climate situation is getting more and more fragile. So um, more and more these uh, situations and yeah, philosophies of action are being interlinked um, through communities in the Southwest. And it was a bit of a bittersweet announcement with the constitutional enshrinement of the fracking ban being announced. I mean, you can't get much stronger or more of a campaign victory than having um, the outcome enshrined in the constitution but also to lift it as well, uh, the, the onshore gas moratorium. I mean, what sort of reactions, so many mixed feelings, how have communities reacted? Yeah, I think very angry. Um, I think that, uh, I think people, yeah, feel distrustful because there is, uh, the, the two things are in opposition with one another to be enshrining one um, preventative measure against fossil fuel extraction in the constitution while at the same time, opening up new fossil fuel exploration. It just sort of seems the mind boggles really. Um, so people are, yeah, kind of reeling in that. 
and also the fact that their own win is being used to um, cover up something that is also part of their struggle, um, I think is particularly um, hurtful to communities and something that I don't think they will be, yeah, particularly happy about in, yeah, in the time that follows. And it feels like a real dirty tactic to, on the one hand, kind of steal the community win and slide through an industry win on the other side. What have communities been doing to, since we can't hit the streets, what have communities been doing to express their anger? Um, well, yeah, on Tuesday, um, obviously, we are, yeah, now deep into the kind of different organising, um, adapting to different organising styles. So, yeah, communities here are already, um, we're already plagued by the um, problem of distance. So, we can't, you know, when there's like the need to do a snap rally, we can't be at Parliament. It's a four-hour four-hour journey to Parliament from people down here, especially if they're out on the farm. Um, and then obviously with the, the overlay of um, COVID and um, the inability to gather in public or demonstrate or protest um, safely, um, yeah, it sort of does pose... Uh, questions as to how we can organise uh, and do these kind of rapid response gatherings. Um, so what we, we tried to do, we created a digital snap rally. Um, so invited people to um, take a selfie, as is quite common now, but then to use that selfie and digitally check in using Facebook at the Premier's office. Um, so we have kind of, uh, yeah, we've kind of, Make, carved a space out on the internet where we previously didn't live and it's not a hashtag and it's not a not only a hashtag rather um not only hashtag and not only just an action but um there is now yeah if you if you visit treasury place on facebook there is now um hundreds of people checking in um who have visited there and are now permanently on the record there and permanently on the record there in protest so um, that was, uh, yeah, something that we hadn't tried before, but um, certainly got a lot of people active, particularly um, when there were so many people just understandably just trying to catch up and stay across what was going on with the public health emergency. And I mean, what you were saying before is one of my favourite things about um, the tactic is that uh, those check-ins on Treasury Place, they're there for forever. So really what's happened is Dan Andrews has stamped his legacy, or the community have stamped Dan Andrews' legacy on Treasury Place. So now whenever anyone visits it, they'll be reminded of the betrayal to, um, to farmers uh, in, in repealing or scrapping that, uh, um, that onshore gas ban. And that's, uh, you know, a pretty powerful thing to have done digitally in absence of being able to check in, uh, in reality to the, to the place to, to register the dissent. And I wonder if we could bring you in, Pat, to like, Kind of like think about that a little bit in the way that COVID-19 and the, the health crisis around coronavirus has changed the way that we're campaigning in Australia and some of the responses that we've had to uh, kind of invent as we go along. Yeah, thanks, Phil. I think that that's the, the story Jamil told. It's a really interesting um, example of digital actions changing and it's kind of you know, that's going to be a problem that people are going to have to come up with really creative solutions to through this time. But another, another uh, emerging issue is kind of um, 
controlling or um, yeah, like influencing the the shape of the stimulus packages that we're seeing governments hand down. So, in the in the last week or so, we've seen the Morrison government, the federal government, uh, announce billions of dollars in economic measures to you know keep businesses afloat, try and keep people in work, um, ensure that people have access to um, you know just money to pay the bills and that has just been a, a massive shift in the um in, in the national conversation uh i think that there's a total now of around 189 billion dollars that's been spent uh in the past fortnight on economic responses to covid19 which is about 10 percent of australia's um, total gdp um and yeah we're we're not it's not this is probably just the beginning of the economic uh, measures that governments will take around the world to, to deal with this unprecedented situation, which presents both risks and opportunities uh, from the perspective of climate change and, and the environment. Because when we have governments that are um, plugging billions of dollars into um, job creating projects, uh, the, there's a question around, are these going to be projects that uh, cause more emissions or is it going to be are we going to be investing in in programs and ideas and 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 people in in, in a with the purpose of reducing emissions and making our um energy systems our economic systems our food systems etc cetera, etc cetera, work to solve these overlapping crises of the health crisis and of climate change which are, which are both existential threats I think it's really interesting as well. I remember years ago we were talking about um, Naomi Klein's book, um, This Changes Everything. Um, I really feel like COVID-19 <laughs> has changed everything. And and whilst like, you know, like of course we're in the midst of like, you know, this health crisis and it is terrifying and rightfully people are feeling scared, um, uncertain about the future. But, you know, like um, it does present some opportunity to change a lot of the way that we do things. And we've seen some of that with the doubling of New Start, um, although it being it temporarily, but all the other countries' reactions as well, like in terms of moving towards that idea of um, a lot of people are talking about a universal basic income at the moment. So, you know, it, it is to change everything, we need to change everything. <laughs> and this has changed a lot. And what it has done is, uh, like, it's shown what governments can do if their political will is there. So, you know, we are in a position where I, I think we can be really visionary on what we want the world to be right now because it's essentially stopped. And when we started again, which pathway do we want to choose and how are we going to push our political leaders, you know, into the pathway that into the future that we want? Mm. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And yeah, so, and we can learn from other crises as well. Like after the global financial crisis, there was a dip in global greenhouse gas emissions because of the reduction in economic activity, which we're currently seeing right now. Um, but after that dip, when governments responded, we actually saw then a rise in, in, in emissions. So we can we can actually learn from the mistakes of the past to actually kind of rejig these systems that are oppressive and cause these systemic problems and yeah absolutely it's the time for for greater vision and it's changing daily like 
Scott Morrison the other day said, I won't raise new start. And then two days later, he's been forced to do that because of the reality of the situation. So we have to grapple with that. So what are the measures that Friends of the Earth might be dreaming up? You know, like I've seen out there, universal basic income, you know, rent is going to crush so many people and organisations. Like what, what kind of world do we want to see? <laughs> Small question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big question. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Megan. So I think in some ways it's useful to start from, from the principles. So, you know, what do people need during this time? People need access to essential services, uh, you know, it's some level of, uh, of income. They need to feel secure. Um, we, we need to have confidence that we're also getting the climate crisis under control and that people are going to have a safe future. Um, people need certainty that there will be a, a future that they can imagine that's going to be positive. So um, I think just zeroing in on the, the question of essential services, that's, that maybe is a good way to look at it. Um, so where do people get their energy from? Where do people get their food? These are things that all need to be secure, but also have impact on climate change. So, um, you know, investing in renewable energy infrastructure, uh, that is something that, you know, is, can be a very big job creator. And it's also something that's potentially safe because it's outdoors and things are constructed at a distance. So, you know, we need to consider like the kind of health impact of the measures. Um, mm. The greater rollout. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was just going to jump in. Um, we've only got a few minutes left for this segment, but I wondered if uh, you know, like, um, some of the responses that we've seen are quite draconian. Um, could be viewed as very authoritarian responses to um, the current situation. Um, yet, on the other hand, community responses being quite um, liberating. I mean, the hashtag virtual happiness. Um, floating around um, the mutual aid groups that have been springing up um, like really like give it a little bit of a, a different narrative I mean it feels like there is that competition between the authoritarian response and the community response I mean I yeah I mean I think that kind of like now narrows in on, on where you know like we need to be heading is is thinking about how do we respond as community yet also maintain safety as well well yeah I, I think that's absolutely true um, you know I've probably a few of us were in like the mutual aid support groups and just seeing everybody kind of trying to figure out how we actually support each support each other in our communities is is key and at these times it's it's it is really uncertain and before we get to government it's like we we need to be able to look after each other and like you say it's that opportunity for reimagining um what is the economy and how what is society and like how do we engage um, together in a way that is is better for everyone. So, yeah, I think that there's like this opportunity for a massive growth in these social networks that exist outside of um, you know these conventional public processes. But at the same time, because of the risks that are um, you know potentially locked in from economic stimulus measures, like there's kind of like these multiple approaches that I think will need to be taken um to kind of rein in rein in the negative impacts of how governments respond and and put that in a more positive direction so yeah i guess there's there's i think there's both like a, a better response from the public at like governments 
um, as well as like that non-state anarchistic mutual aid response, which builds community and builds connections. Mm. And it is community coming together that's going to get us through this crisis. So we will include the mutual aid Facebook groups in our show notes today. If you haven't seen what they are, they're uh, groups based around Melbourne um, that you can join and ask for help and offer help to those around you. You're on 3CR and we'll be back after this. Looking for an easy way to keep up with your annual 3CR subscription? You can now set up an annual debit from your bank account or credit card, and once a year your payment will be automatically deducted. You can cancel at any time and you'll get a reminder each year before payment. Be a constant supporter of Melbourne's precious independent community radio station and set up a recurring payment today. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. This is Dirt Radio on 3CR. You're with Megan and Phil, and we've been talking about how social movements survive social distancing uh, and how we can come together to fight for people and planet. And of course, if you've just joined us, you can always catch up on the conversation at 3cr.org.au forward slash Dirt Radio. And if you're looking to connect with more community stories, why not check out 3cr.org.au forward slash acting up and listen back to the stories of Friends of the Earth's 45 years of campaigning. It is so good. Give it a listen. It is. And our discussions today have actually been reminding me of the anti-capitalist episode we did with Cam Walker, Dave Karen, and Dimity Hawkins. So... Despite the fact that you've probably seen so many cancellations, I know um, on Facebook um, every now and again, I keep getting a little notification, event cancelled, event cancelled. Um, you know, it feels like a little bit hard doing an events announcement, but we do have some things coming up at Friends of the Earth, including the final push on emission reduction targets. So despite COVID-19, the world goes on and we do need to um, push for those strong emission reduction targets. The Victorian government is set to make a final decision on state emission reduction targets. And it's been a busy time, so we've been sending them a message to make it quick and easy for you. And you can join our online action to ensure that we get less than 1.5 degree in warming. And it needs to be in the front of every politician's mind um, alongside with the current crisis. So find something around your home and you can spell out the words or spell out the symbol for less than 1.5 degrees. And we'll put an example in the show notes as well. And post it on social media. Make sure you tag Dan Andrews and use the hashtag VicTargets and Spring Street. And when the river runs dry, we had a show only a couple weeks ago talking about uh, launching it in Melbourne and how it was touring the country. Unfortunately, all those screenings have now been cancelled. But lucky for us, it's going up online at SBS On Demand. The River Country Collective will be uh, organising a watching party and a online panel discussion for Thursday, April 3rd. So keep your eyes on the River Country Campaign Facebook page for more details. 
And finally, don't forget, it's not too late to rock up at Parliament with your hashtag NotHappyDan sign and join the online action against lifting the moratorium on on-field onshore gas. You, all you need to do is take a selfie with your sign that says hashtag NotHappyDan and check in at Treasury Place to tell the world why you support a ban on onshore gas. That's right. And just for anyone who was thinking of coming to collective meetings, uh, most of them have moved online. Check out our Facebook uh, page, Faux Melbourne or Friends of Melbourne. If you search for that on Facebook, you will find updated details on all the events that are going on um, and how you can click in with the community uh, with us as well. Um, so we've run out of time for today and we want to thank you for tuning in um, for our first attempt at doing a dirt radio from a remote location. So um, bear with our mistakes and um, <laughs> we'll keep trying and improving on it. So make sure you look after each other, um, look out for your friends, look out for your family, look out for your community and remember we struggle as one. So stay tuned on 3CR and we're going to take you out with a song as we look for the cure for COVID-19. I want and can't wait for the time when you can be close to me again. That's right, secure, close to me. See you later. See ya, thanks everyone.
Six years I've been in desert. Beyond the Bars is 3CR's annual prison project, giving voice to our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates right across Victoria. It's good to be here because uh, Aboriginal radio and um, you don't really get to do this much. Brings us all together. Time, you'll get your time to take that first step out that front door to freedom beyond these walls. Make sure and I just want to say thank you yours. to all What's of you for giving us the opportunity to speak on air. The bigger the reason, the bigger the calling. Make your commitment and watch things unfold. And you can listen to audio from this year's broadcasts and previous years as well. Online at any time, just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. But also while I'm here, I'd like to say thank you for all for coming, um, helping, giving us a chance to do this. It's really good, you know. It's been going for a while now. Hopefully, it goes, it keeps going. You know, like it's, it's good that we can do this and um, get our voice out there as prisoners. We can't blame everything on the external, so let's stop looking for it in the hands of the persecutor, because real power comes from here, and it comes from family. If you would like us to post you a free CD, contact the station on 03 9419 8377.